Hello and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Alec Allen, and this week we got a strong focus on numbers, so let's get to it. Opening in first place was No Time to Die with 56 million. Dropping to second place was Venom Let There Be Carnage with 32 million for a total of 141.6 million. In third place was The Addams Family 2 with 10 million. For a total of 31.1 million. Fourth place was Shang-Chi with 4.2 million for a total of 212.5 million. Lastly, in fifth place was The Many Saints of Newark, dropping a huge 69% to 1.45 million for a total of 7.4 million. Also opening in seventh place was A24's new film Lamb with 1 million, but to be fair, that number is really good considering it only opened in 538 theaters. Okay, so first off, No Time to Die did okay. It did not light up the box office like Venom 2 did and exceed expectations, but it was not a bomb either. In fact, it came in just on the lower end of expectations of a lot of an analysis. I was thinking closer to the 80 million range around Spectre's opening weekend, but I was wrong. So why did they come in at these numbers? Well, a few reasons are possible. First, the film was almost three hours long compared to Venom's lean 90 minutes. This means less showtimes. Another reason, and this is based off of polling done over the weekend, younger people did not show up to see it and was skewed more toward 30 and over. Which, if you think about it, makes sense. If you are, say, 16 years old in high school, you were around 10 when Spectre came out. Yes, it is just under 6 years since it was released. So unless kids around 10 were going to see Spectre in theaters, which I doubt, or they watched the crack films over the past few years, they have no connection or feelings toward No Time to Die, especially when the marketing has been focused on this being Craig's last Bond film, so it's a must-see. Well, for the younger crowd, it's not. Still, it is a lot to do over 100 million, and possibly leg it to 150 million, which would be a solid result. Not great, but not bad either. As with Spectre, it's the international market carrying Bond yet again, but considering it is a British franchise, it makes sense. Venom had an okay drop, but depending on how Halloween Kills and Dune affected, it could make getting to 200 million a little harder. It still has a chance, but right now I'd say it's closer to a 50-50. Also on a small note, Candyman finally passed 60 million domestically, so congrats to Universal. Taking a look at China, we got an interesting development. Staying in first place is their latest blockbuster, The Battle of Lake Changjin, with 108.5 million, for a total of 633.2 million. Staying in second place is My Country, My Parents, with 19.6 million for a total of 182.3 million. Third place was Water Boys, with 1.5 million for a total of 7.2 million. Fourth place was Deer 22 Operation T Rex, which dropped from third place last weekend. It made 700,000 for a total of 7.2 million. Lastly, in fifth place was Little Canned Men, with 600,000 for a total of 7.6 million. So, the interesting development I mentioned is that last week, besides the top two films, the rest did not make much at all. It was very top-heavy, and this weekend, that issue only seems to be getting worse. Both Operation T-Rex and Little Can Men dropped over 80% from last weekend, and even My Country My Parents dropped 78% from its opening weekend. I found that surprising, because the first two parts of the My Country series has done a lot better. Possibly word of mouth is not as good for this one. As for the Battle of Lake Changjin, it is still killing it at the box office, and is now the fourth biggest movie of the year worldwide. 700 million is basically a lock at this point, and the real question is, can it hit 800 million 
which it looks like it can. Looking at international numbers, No Time to Die held really well, making 89.5 million. In its second weekend for a worldwide total of 313.3 million. Venom Hunter Recarnage opened the more markets this weekend, making 24.8 million for a worldwide total of 185.6 million. Dune made 8.8 million and is now at 117.1 million worldwide. Shang-Chi passed the 400 million milestone with another 2.9 million this weekend. It is now at 401.6 million. Finally, The Addams Family 2 is at 35.7 million worldwide after making 4.6 million internationally. Besides the numbers, there are two big stories in Hollywood this week. The first is from Disney, where Alan Horn has announced his retirement. He is the chief creative officer of Disney Studios. Basically, he was the guy running the studio side of the company with Marvel, Pixar, and Lucasfilm all reporting to him. He will step down on December 31st after being with the company for nine years. At this time, Disney has not announced who would replace him, if anyone actually will. As for Horn retiring, it's not too much of a surprise, as he is 78, with the leadership changes that happened last year and helping get Disney through the pandemic, now would be a good time to leave, and he leaves behind a really successful track record. Under his leadership, Disney Animation Studios really hit its stride in new films. Marvel blew up and became the juggernaut we know it now, and Pixar keeps switching it up with sequels and original films. Publicly, the only bad thing we know he did was fire James Gunn from Guardians 3 a few years ago before hiring him back. If Disney gets someone to fill his spot or not, it'll be interesting to see how will the studio change overall? Personally, I would like to see more original live-action ideas instead of just remakes of animated films. Finally, for the other big story, and I've been holding off on this for a bit to see what happens, but it looks like it's coming to a head, and that is the IATSE strike. The IATSE, or the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Who's included this? Well, a lot including costume designers, set builders, camera operators, makeup artists, basically the majority of the people that get everything up and running so an actor, screenplay writer, and director can come in to film. What has been happening is that they have been overworked for, for years. Uh, we're talking 10 to 12 to even 16 hour days with short turnarounds of 8 hours. If the long hours were not bad enough, at times they were forced to skip their meals to keep working. How could that happen? Well. There is a fee penalty involved in doing that, but the studio pays for it because it's not much, so they can account for it in the budget. Along with this, the union is looking for streaming companies to pay more into their pension and pay better wages. Under the current agreement that is about to expire, streaming companies have been able to get discounted rates, basically if they were under 20 million subscribers. Well, Netflix is now over 200 million, so it's clear they should be paying more. So those are the basics. How are the negotiations going? Pretty poor. The members voted overwhelmingly to give the union the power to call a strike if needed, and since then negotiations have not improved, so right now, as of this being recorded, they will go on strike morning of October 18th. I should mention that they are specifically negotiating with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, not with each studio one by one. Now let's say a strike does happen. What actually does happen? Well, most current productions that are being filmed stop. This includes from TV shows like Saturday Night Live to blockbusters like Aquaman 2. Now, there are some exclusions. Some HBO shows filmed in New York are under a different contract, so they can continue to film. And indie films under $15 million can also continue to work. So while obviously, to you, this strike will not affect movies coming out in the next few months, I would say right now the back half of 2022 could be subject to delays. Take Aquaman, for example. It's coming out next December. If this strike, say, goes on for a month, that is a month of not filming, so don't be surprised if that gets pushed to 2023. 
Personally, I hope that they are able to get the contract that they are looking for. The conditions that they are working in sound terrible, and would only be worth it if they're being paid like 100000 each, which they are not. Also, Netflix and other streaming companies need to start paying their fair share if streaming will continue to be a big part of how films and TV shows are released in the future. What do you think about the strike? That's right, it's a shorter episode. But again, right now everyone in Hollywood is watching the box office numbers come in and a looming strike, so there is not much news. Do you think they should go on strike or not? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the page is in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. <laughs>